Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, folks. Welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos, and with me, as always, the man himself, P.T. Palmer Toms. What's good with you, brother? Yeah, we're coming at you live from the On3 penthouse this week. <laughs> you know, ex- excited for the uh, excited for this weekend's game, uh, top 10 matchup according to the AP poll, uh, excited about the recruits that are going to be in town. We'll break it all down today for you and uh, excited to do that as well. Yeah, a lot to get to uh, when it comes to this one. Uh, you know, look, highly anticipated. This is the one everybody's kind of been waiting on since Clemson, right? You wanted to get that three-game stretch out of the way. You did so. Now it's time to open up October where things look like a little bit more of a climb than they did in September. Um, I guess first off, uh, moving into Arkansas, uh, you know, Palmer, you always do a, a great Q&A. Uh, with one of the insiders, one of the guys who covers the team for Arkansas. I think people have had a chance to see a little bit of them, too, this year as well. Probably more Arkansas on TV than folks are used to. Uh, they've had some marquee matchups. So, um, you know, I've even tuned into them a little bit this year when I've had the opportunity. A little bit different Arkansas team than we're used to, I think. Uh, that's pretty fair to say. Seems like a complete departure from what we saw last year as well. I mean, just in terms of what they've been able to do on the field. You know, Palmer, I guess moving into this game, what are you looking for from the Razorbacks? What are your concerns? You know, what what should people be watching out for? Yeah, uh, like you said, we do that great P- Q&A piece each week. This week I spoke with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, excited to speak with him uh, earlier today. And he shared a lot of great information. Like you said, this is an Arkansas team that that the general public has seen a lot more than than they've seen previous Arkansas teams. You know, the the big marquee primetime matchup against Texas drew some eyes, as well as this most recent game, 330 CBS against Texas A&M and Jerry's World. Uh, You know, but I've caught in a glimpse of both those games. That was both of them were right after as Georgia was finishing up their games. So I, uh, I had it on in the background, was, was tuned in, but as, as I was working. Uh, but, you know, the first thing that stands out to me is, is, like you said, this is not the same Arkansas team that we saw a year ago. And Kirby even said that. He said, this is not the same team. This is, you know, Georgia opened up with them week one last year in, in that weird, weird COVID experience. Uh, it was it was a home game for the Razorbacks. Georgia went on the road, struggled a little bit in that first half, uh, to say the least, but came back and, and had a pretty you know decisive win. Uh, Sets and Bennett kind of saved the day for Georgia there. Uh, in in terms of Arkansas, you know the first thing that stands out is is new quarterback KJ Jefferson is in there for the Razorbacks. Uh, last season it was Felipe Franks. Um, Felipe, Georgia fans are pretty well, you know, pretty well in in tune with what he did. 
you know, he's able to stretch the field some, get the ball downfield. Uh, KJ Jefferson, a little bit more of a physical dual threat quarterback. Uh, you know, one of the things that looking at Arkansas and, and, and looking back at this past week's game against Vanderbilt, one of the biggest things that if I'm Georgia, this would concern me is, is the threat of, of Jefferson and his legs. Uh, you saw Mike Wright take off and, and run a couple times. Um, Georgia did a pretty good job of containing him. Uh, but th- there was that one, I believe it was third down where, uh, you know, the, the, the defense kind of went with the fake and it, it opened wide up in the middle uh, for Mike Wright to get a first down there, uh, get some chunk yardage. Jefferson is very capable of doing that as well. Um, he's a little bit limited coming into this game. Uh, got landed on his knee uh, and and uh, ended up coming back into the game against Texas A&M. Finished that one out, but you know I, I would imagine that the second day he felt a little bit more sore. Uh, third day into this week, he has probably been feeling that injury a little bit. I would have you know I, I have no doubt that Jefferson will be out there on Saturday, uh, but, but he may be a little less inclined to take off and run. And, 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 you know, if that's going to be the case, well, he's got, he's got weapons on the outside as well. He, he's able to drop in the deep ball, uh, did that for an 85 yard score to Traylon Burks, uh, who is probably the most talented wide receiver Georgia has faced this year and could be the most talented Georgia wide receiver Georgia faces all year. I mean, I guess Wandell Robinson would give him a run for his money uh, here in a couple of weeks against Kentucky. Um, but just in terms of, of, of the physicality that, uh, that, that Burks plays with, he's a big guy, 6'3", close to 230, 230 pounds, uh, but he can also run. I mean, Tom was telling me earlier today that, that in week two against Texas, actually week three against Georgia Southern, uh, he was clocked as, as one of the fastest players, according to pro football focus was at like 22.4 miles per hour in the open field as he took a uh, screen pass 91 yards to the house. So Burks is Burks and Jefferson are the two main guys. Again, Burks is also banged up coming into this game. He exited the game against Texas A&M and did not come back from his injury uh, was there for post-game media availability, has been practicing in uh, Fayetteville this week in a, you know, in his normal jersey, not wearing a green non-contact jersey uh, for the Razorbacks. So, I would again, I would expect him to go, but he, he very easily could be uh, limited in, in, you know, how he's feeling. He, he's probably not going to be feeling 100%, and, and George is, go, you know, going to be making sure that he doesn't feel 100%. They're going to, you know, want to be physical with him anytime he's touching the ball. You want to see all 11 guys coming and, and putting a hat on, on him. Yeah, no doubt about it. You mentioned uh, uh, Jefferson at 230. Uh, they've got him. They got him at 245 over on the Razorbacks website. And then I, so I, for comparison's sake, I went to Georgia's website. Uh, so Arkansas lists him at six foot three, 245 pounds. Georgia, meanwhile, lists JT Daniels at six three, 210 pounds. Somebody's not, somebody's fudging some numbers somewhere is all I know, because those look like very different creatures out there on the field when they're playing. I, you know, well, it, and, and, and to be fair, Jefferson is a bit, a little bit of a bigger build, whereas no Daniels, you, you can, you can tell there's a reason JT Daniels doesn't take off and run. He's first of all, he's, you know, that's not his, his build, but he, he, he that's not his game, but he's also not built to last doing that. No, I agree. I agree completely. I'm just saying, I don't know that 30 pounds is the difference between those two guys. It looks yeah. a little bit more sizable to me than that. Um, 
you know, I think that it's it's a it's been a really interesting transition for Arkansas. I mean, everybody has talked, you know, kind of ad nauseum about, you know, what Sam Pittman's been able to do with this team, the confidence that he's inspired, the way that these guys have rallied around him. You know, I, I, and I, I agree with all of that. I'm not surprised by any of that either. I do think sometimes what gets lost in the shuffle is how great their coordinating staff is with, with Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom. I mean, I think that those are two of the – the sharpest minds when it comes to uh, college football that, that there are out there. So he's built an incredible staff around him and don't be surprised either to see Arkansas getting way more involved in the state of Georgia when it comes to recruiting. Uh, they've got Jimmy Smith on, uh, on the staff up there. I believe he's the running backs coach, former coach from Cedar Grove high school, uh, a, a very successful uh, head coach down there at Cedar Grove. So, um, you know, I think that this is a team that look, I, I'm rooting for them. I, I got to tell you, I, I really am. I, I want to see a good Arkansas. I want to see Arkansas become a mainstay in the SEC. I think that's good for everybody involved. It's hard to hate them. They've been really bad over the last few years. I mean, and they had to deal with uh, Bobby Petrino, which no one on earth should be forced to do. So I, I think that all of that factors in here. You know, I, I think that it's an interesting matchup for Georgia. I think maybe, I, I don't know. Do you feel like maybe we're overhyping the nature of this matchup? Because Vegas certainly doesn't seem to think that this is very much of a matchup. 18 and a half, the point spread on this one. I mean, seems gigantic for a top 10 matchup to me. But look, Vegas wasn't built because they were wrong. Uh, you know, they, those, those guys know their numbers and stats. I mean, is it possible that the Georgia media is maybe turning this into something that, that it's not? And maybe Georgia really is this much better than Arkansas. I think there's a combination of the two. I, I think, you know, if, if, like you said, it's hard to hate Arkansas. It's hard, especially, you know, if, if you're a Georgia fan, a Georgia media member that, that, you know, supported Sam Pittman for so long uh, in, and what he did at UGA, uh, you know, he is very much a part of the reason why Georgia is what they are today. He, he recruited a ton of these offensive linemen. Uh, you know, he's, he's two, year, two years removed, but, you know, a guy like Jamari Salyer, that doesn't happen without Sam Pittman no and, 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 and Georgia this season doesn't happen without Jamari Salyer. And, and so, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's hard to hate uh, what they're doing. Um, and, and, and because of that, because of the story that they are in college football this year, uh, I, maybe fans, media members um, are, are kind of looking at this as, as a little bit tighter of a game than, than Vegas would be looking at it. Uh, but, but like you said, this, this coordinating staff that, that Pittman has uh, with him is, is very, very good. And, and that's hard to overlook. Um, you know, like Barry Odom, a, a guy that, that was the head coach at Missouri for what, four or five seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, Kirby Smart, I, I don't know that I've ever heard Kirby Smart be as, as complimentary of a uh, opposing coordinator as he has been this week of Barry Odom. I mean, he, he said, uh, you know, I, he, he, on Monday, he mentioned that, that Barry makes you play left-handed and, and, and Barry and his staff do that, you know, better than, than anybody else in the country. And, and he was kind of pressed on that Tuesday. And he said, yeah, I mean, I think that they, uh, that they make you do that more than what Georgia does. And, and just because of how different they are in, in what they do, uh, the, the number of guys that they're dropping back in coverage, the different fronts that they're going to show you. 
um, in going back to my conversation with Tom to this morning, uh, you know, he was saying that, that if, if you go listen to Steve Sarkeesian and, and Bijan Robinson after that Texas game, they were shocked by the amount of different fronts that, that Arkansas gave them. They had prepared for four man front all, you know, all preseason. Uh, that's what they showed in their opener against Rice, I believe. Um, and, and then, you know, they come out against Texas week two and it's all three man and, and Texas doesn't really know how to handle that. So, um, you know, I, I think because of what the amount that they, the amount of different things that they can show you, uh, and another big reason is, is the experience that this Arkansas team has. I think it's a huge reason why they've made that jump from, you know, it's, it's a big reason why they made the jump from in, in year one of Sam Pittman, but also the reason that they're making a year one to year two jump uh, with, with the amount of experienced players that they have. They've got, you know, I think it's like 10 COVID super seniors, 20 uh, something actual seniors. This is a team that hasn't lost a ton of guys over the last couple of years, uh, you know, to the NFL. I think that could change with the amount of, you know, production that they're having this year and, and the amount of spotlight that they're getting this year. But in the past, that wasn't the case. They weren't getting that spotlight. They weren't being out there and, and showcased as, Hey, look at these prospects that, that we've got here in Fayetteville. And, and, you know, Sam Pittman took advantage of that and said, Hey, come back. We will, you know, we're building something. You can be a part of it. And, and in doing so, you're going to only help your draft stock. So, you know, they've got guys back like Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry, Bumper Poole, three very physical veteran savvy linebackers uh, in, in the secondary. You've got, um, you know, Jalen Catalan, I believe is his last name. Uh, yeah, Jalen Catalan, two interceptions in the first game. He, he, he made some plays last year against Georgia. Um, SEC defensive lineman of the week, Trey Williams, is a transfer from Missouri. Um, so, you know, he, he had the connections to Barry Odom. He comes into Arkansas and, and is making an impact, uh, immediately, um, had a couple sacks and, and, uh, you know, three quarterback hurries, several tackles for loss against Texas A&M drew some holding calls on those, uh, you know, Texas A&M offensive tackles, put some pressure on them. Uh, and, and so I, I think going back to what we were talking about and, and Vegas seeing this as, as a, you know, not not necessarily a blowout, but not a nail biter. Uh, Eighteen points feels like a blowout to me. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, top, to be a top for a top ten opponent, that that feels like you blew out. Yeah, out outmatched for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, versus the Georgia media uh, kind of looking at this as, hey, this is Georgia's biggest test of the year. Well, Georgia played, you know, a, a top three Clemson team in, in week one, and, and now we're seeing what Clemson is. Uh, you know, with with the loss to NC State. Um, I, I don't know that this is a bigger test than what Clemson was. I think Georgia maybe uh, broke Clemson down a little bit, but I, I do think that this is a very good Texas, excuse me, Arkansas football team. Uh, and I, I think that there's probably somewhere in the middle um, in, in terms of, you know, the difference between these two teams. I don't know that it's a, a nail biting game. I don't know that it's a, a blowout three score win. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, it, that's, I don't know, man. I, I, I just have a hard time going there with a, with a top 10 team. I, I don't, that seems like a big stretch to me. Um, yeah. While you were talking, I was going through the uh, roster. Like I always do just seeing if, you know, uh, if there are guys that I recognize, cause like I say every week, you know, Georgia's recruiting the play the players that Alabama's recruiting, that Clemson's recruiting, et cetera. 
So how how do they stack up talent wise? And there are actually quite a few names, you know, that I rec- uh, that I recognize on here. Uh, Devin Bush, Miles Slusher is another guy um, who I remember uh, his name. Uh, Matteo Soli out of Douglas County High School. He was a guy who uh, um, was was pretty well uh, regarded at his time. Uh, Andy Boykin. Uh, out of LaGrange High School uh, was uh, that was a really interesting recruitment. He was kind of all over the place. Looked like maybe he was going to Auburn. Georgia was in the mix for a little while. Ends up at Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I think what's interesting is when you, you get over into that receiver room, though, and you're talking about Traylon Burks, who at this point I think going to be the, the toughest test this Georgia secondary has had uh, on the season. I mean, the kid is sitting, I think he's top 25 in the nation in receiving yards, 373 receiving yards already on the season for Traylon Burks. Out there making some insane grabs, too. I mean, just just not not making the easy catches, making the tough ones as well. Um, and, I mean, last week he had, what, like six for 100, you know, 60, 190-something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been blowing the doors off of people. I mean, he's, he's, he's finding space and he's making plays. I think this is a great test for Georgia. I really do because look, Justin is Justin Ross, the same player that Justin Ross was two years ago. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it does. It didn't look like that in game one and it doesn't look like that right now in the season, but at the same time, that's a first game. This kid's got momentum under his belt. He's got five. This will be his fifth game of the year. You know, Traylon Burks is going to come into Athens with a head of steam. I, I mean, I think that where it's going to get interesting is, Will KJ Jefferson and well, first off, will that offensive line be able to control what Georgia wants to do in that front seven? And then simultaneously, is KJ Jefferson going to be able to get that ball off fast enough, or is he going to end up taking it and tucking it down and running with it a lot? Um, I don't have those answers. I don't know. Uh, we will find out on Saturday. I, I promise you that. But you know, I guess looking at this Burks matchup. You know, who takes that? Who do you think draws that card? To me, this goes back to what I said early in the season about Justin Ross. And, I, you know, I think that this is a ready built for Keely Ringo matchup. I mean, he's he's a, he's tall. He's fast. You know, that to me that you want you want a big, tall, fast guy on it. OK, well, you got one in your secondary and a guy who's caught some momentum here with uh, him being where with uh, with the season progressing. Keely Ringo taking some steps forward. Um, how do you like that matchup? And, I mean, do you think Keely's the guy there? Yeah, and that, that's one of the questions that I addressed uh, earlier this week and, and you know, was wondering, is Georgia going to go with one person to guard Traylon Burks or are they going to, you know, stick to kind of what they've done so far this season and, and, and stuck to their side of the field? Um, it, that's going to be interesting to watch. I, 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 like you said, I, we don't know the answer. We'll find that out Saturday. If it is one person, I, I do think that Keely Ringo is, is the perfect build for this kind of matchup. Um, you know, a big long corner, uh, against a big receiver. Um, but at the same time, you've got to wonder, do, does Georgia, you know, if, if, if I were to ask you right now, who's Georgia's top corner, I think we would have the same answer. I would say Darian Kendrick. Darian Kendrick, exactly. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're matching up the number one corner versus the number one receiver, it's it's Kendrick, and and he may not necessarily be the 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 
build that you want against a guy like this. He's, you know, lost some of those battles to some, you know, bigger physical receivers over the years. Uh, but at least he's been tested like that. He, he's been tested in, in big time matchups uh, against very talented receivers. He went against Justin Ross in practice. He's, he went up against LSU in, in the national championship. He's gone up against Ohio State twice. Uh, and, and that's why Georgia brought him in was, was the amount of experience and, and big game experience that he has uh, at, at his cornerback position. Well, Georgia's in a big game. Do you, I feel like you, you probably want to match up, you know, your big game corner with their, uh, with their big play receiver. Uh, but like you said, I, I do think Ringo matches up very well in terms of, and Amir speed in terms of, you know, just, just the size wise, um, you know, speed did show a little bit of uh, struggles against South Carolina uh, and, and was replaced in that starting lineup by Ringo. Uh, you know, he, he struggled against Josh Van, but Josh Van was a little bit smaller, quicker of a receiver yeah. versus Burks being the bigger guy. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is a game where where you, you put Ringo and speed on him and, and you let those guys rotate and and you keep fresh legs in there and going up against a, a tough t- task in, in Burks. Or you'd stick to one side of the field and, and you know, whether it's Kendrick or Speed or, you know, uh, Ringo, it's, it's going to be one of those three guys and you feel confident in all of them. So I, it, that's going to be that that is one thing that I'm certainly going to be watching in those first couple of drives. What does Georgia do with with Traylon Burks? How do they guard him? Uh, that's certainly a matchup that we'll be watching. Yeah, well, and I think, too, what you have to rely on as well, if you're those guys, is you have to be funneling him into your into those safeties as well. Uh, I was checking the stats before this. Uh, Lewis Seen, uh, one of the top pass defenders in the nation this year with four, uh, four passes defended already. So uh, you've got some veterans back there. Chris Smith, uh, you know, with another pick last week. I mean, he's, he's kind of uh, uh, looks like he's playing well to this point in the season. So let those guys do their jobs also. Let them uh, help you out there. I, I think that that can be advantageous. I don't see a situation where Georgia's spelling one guy on them. I, they just have never done that. Um, and I don't think – I just don't see them starting this week. Um, all right, let's move into some uh, some over-unders here. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's Palmer's favorite part of the show, everyone. Because uh, he never knows what I'm going to ask him. Um, I never really know what you're going to ask in the first place. So. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's that's how we keep it interesting around here. Um, all right. So uh, last week, a bit of a fall off defensively for Georgia in the sack category. Obviously, not as a whole performance. It was a tremendous performance, but uh, from the sack category, only one on the on the week last week. Um, I'm setting the over under at four this week, going above that three that we've normally been working with. Do you think George goes over or under four on Saturday sacks? Uh, I'll take the under. And I, I know that's, that's, that goes against what I was saying earlier. Uh, and, and, and saying that the Georgia can get three sacks on anybody. I think that they can, but I also think that this is, you know Sam Pittman's going to have his offensive line ready to play in this matchup. Uh, you know, with, with him being an offensive line guy, uh, that you, you you start your team there and you, and you build from there if, if you're Sam Pittman. And, and you know that he's really going to be emphasizing that this week. He really wants that offensive line to have a good showing against Georgia. You know, they're going to be motivated knowing the front seven that Georgia has, the, the pass rush success that Georgia has had. Uh, again, Going back to the, the the super senior idea, they're, they're an experienced group. I think I'll take the under there on sacks for Georgia uh, with the line set at four. 
Uh, all right, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the over on that one. I, I think that I just think that they kind of get back to doing that. If they have to affect this quarterback, this is not a guy that you can allow time. Look, God bless Vanderbilt, but you could allow those guys time, and it wasn't going to really matter. They were gonna have trouble hitting their spots. So this is not a situation where you can do that. They're gonna have to get in there, bring that havoc, bring the chaos. I think that you'll see a lot of blitz packages. I think that sets up well for a number of sacks. I think that they hit four um, in this matchup. Um, all right, obviously, two, we got to talk about the spread. We already touched on that a little bit. 18 and a half, you think Georgia covers this one, Palmer? I don't. I don't. And I, I we think I kind of gave that one away talking about that game, uh, talking about it earlier. You know, this is a it's, – it's a game that I don't feel like Georgia is going to be, you know – it's, I don't think it's going to be a nail biter. I don't think it's coming down to the last drive of the game, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to take, you know, Georgia putting it away close late in the like, game. Close like three or close like 14? Close like 10. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I, I think it's going to take Georgia, you know, Georgia's going to be up one score late in this game and it's going to take that offense, uh, you know, either, either, you know, driving down the field, t- chewing some clock and, and, and running it out kind of like they did against Clemson, or, you know, it's going to take them getting in the end zone, uh, and, and, you know, putting it away, making it a two score ball game where you can give the ball back to Arkansas and they've got to, you know, they, they've got to, you know, pray for a miracle there. So I'll, I will take the under there, but I don't think that this is going to be, uh, you know, a nail biter type deal. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. I think the under makes sense to me as well here, and for a reason that you mentioned, and I think that you're going to see Georgia grind a lot of clock in this one. I think that it just makes sense to play ball control against these guys. Look, you know that this is a dangerous offense. They can score. They've got running backs. They've got wide receivers. This quarterback has got some great momentum behind him right now. So while your defense is going to be more than capable of dealing with that, I feel sure of that to say the best bet is to just – not allow them to do that. Uh, Don't let them, don't give them extra opportunities. I think that this is where you don't see Georgia, um, you know, picking up those giant chunk yardage plays on the ground, but you do see them just kind of methodically three and four and just, you know, just wearing you down on that defensive front. I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. I'll take the under there. All right, last one here on our over-under segment. This is a good one I came up with, I think. References to Sam Pittman coaching at Georgia on, on ESPN. I'm setting the – I don't uh, even know what you're setting it at, but I'll take the over. Yeah, I bet you will. I bet you will. I was going to set it at 20. I think that that was being pretty conservative, to be honest with you, too, considering – I mean, especially if you go back and see how much time they spent on Cooper Manning and, and Arch uh, when they showed up for the South Carolina game. This, that feels very conservative to me. Um, so uh, you're taking the over there, huh? I'll t- I, like I said, doesn't matter what you said it at. I'll take the over there. I, I think that's an easy storyline. Although I will, I will give Kirk Herbstreet and, and Chris Fowler some credit. They don't, they don't necessarily take the uh, easy bait, you know, clickbait type things that uh, that maybe that you know maybe an SEC network call would take. And and also, I think it's a lot easier to take that kind of stuff when when you're talking about a you know, 35 to nothing first quarter. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit are going to be eating donuts by the first, the end of the first quarter. Uh, I'd the- be surprised if they're eating donuts in general. I agree. I agree completely. Um, yeah. I, now, I, I, 
I, what, what, I, what I'll be interested to see, uh, here's, here's another uh, good one while, while I'm thinking of it. Uh, over under a number of times we see uh, a picture of Kirby Smart's first staff at Georgia. I'm going to set that one at three. I think that you'll, I think you'll get, I think you'll get that one quite frequently because they're going to talk about Mel Tucker, Shane Beamer, you know, uh, Sam Pittman as well. I mean, he's got a little bit of a coaching tree that's uh, come out from under him at, at Georgia. And I think that um, I, I, I just, I got a feeling we're going to see that, uh, that staff photo make a, make a round. I'll take I'll take the under on that one. I don't think you're going to see that photo more than once or twice, okay. but I do think that you are going to hear about that that coaching tree of sorts. Now, here here's here's something I'll throw at you, and, and something that we ought to cover. Uh, okay. I don't necessarily know how how we're going to do it as an over under here, but you know what kind of impact do you think that uh, Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith are going to have in this game? I, I I would set you know an over under on on snaps between the two. Uh, but, I, but I don't know, you know, that there's an accurate snap count out there, but just in terms of the impact that I feel like that's something we ought to discuss. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be huge personally. I, I think that you work both of them back in slowly. I mean, they've only had this week to practice. It's not like they've been going full contact for all this time. Um, you know, they've had to get this injury healthy. And to me, this is an injury you have to be careful with because the a bone break in the foot, that's seems like one of those things that you can re-aggravate pretty easily. Um, so I, I don't see a lot of necessity to run those guys out there. I think they will get some snaps. What's going to be really interesting to me is not so much Darnell. I think that he kind of has his role sort of staked out by virtue of being the size of a mammoth. So I, it, when I'm looking at Tyke Smith is how does he fit into this secondary now? Because it seems pretty well established to me. I feel like they're comfortable with the pieces they've got. In his absence at that star position, Latavius Brenning has done a great job. Three pass deflections, third on the team in, uh, in tackles. I mean, he's done what you wanted out of that. And behind him, Javon Bullard and Kamari Lasseter have also filled in admirably. So where does Tyke Smith kind of fall in this rotation now? That's my big question about the two of them returning. Like I said, with Darnell, I think it's a little clear. Smith, that one's got me scratching my head a little bit. Palmer? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think both of them will play. Uh, I think that they will see some time, but it, I, I, I don't know where they fit in because, like you said, um, you know, especially with Smith, this Darnell knows this offense. He's, he's played in it. He's established a role in it. Uh, you know, even going back to the spring, they were getting reps with him and Brock Bowers and John Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, the, 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 they, they've, they've worked with that group before, uh, they haven't necessarily outside of, you know, some walkthroughs during the summer and, and, you know, the preseason practices prior to the injury, they haven't gotten a ton of work with, with Tyke Smith in there. Furthermore, this is going to be his first, you know, time where the bullets are flying in, in a Kirby smart defense. And, and so, you know, that, that's something else that you got to take into consideration that, you know, he's not as accustomed to playing in this as, as Darnell Washington is on the other side. So uh, here's, here's the over under I'll go with. And, and, and since we both agree that Washington will have some sort of role uh, okay. that, 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 you know, Brock Bowers has kind of established himself as this passing threat uh, and, and that, you know, but we do think that Bauer, excuse me, that Washington is going to be in there over under one and a half targets for Darnell Washington. I'm going to take the over on that. I, I think that that seems like a safe bet to me. Um, mostly because I think now you've got to, you got to you got to clue in on uh, on one of these two weapons. Okay, well, 
Darnell's still kind of working his way back. So you got to you got to try to shut Bowers down, which nobody's been able to do at this point. I think that that kind of springs uh, Darnell a few times. I do think we'll see some two two tight end sets, and I think that that sets up really favorably for him. So I'll take the over on one and a half targets. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. That you know that there's going to be a lot of attention put on Brock Bowers, especially after the game he's he just had. You know, with three touchdowns there, uh, I, I think that you know it's hard to guard a guy that's, that's as big as Darnell Washington. And it's especially as hard to guard him when you're putting the attention on Brock Bowers that, that I would expect Arkansas is going to put on him. So I will take the over there. Uh, I, I think two targets is probably uh, two targets are probably going to come his way. Now uh, outside of the game, there's the game within the game and that, that get that game itself is recruiting. Uh, and a big weekend for it. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, since I'm the recruiting guy, I'll throw hosting duties over to you, Palmer, and let you pepper me with some questions now. Uh, maybe hit me with some stuff that I'm not expecting. Yeah, we've been we've been doing this pretty frequently now. George has been on a little bit of a run of, of commitments here. They get another one today on, on Wednesday, the 29th, Kay and Lee. Uh, tell us a little bit about him, 2023 cornerback out of Cedar Grove. I wrote this in my breakdown and I, I really encourage people to go read that because it's going to sound like a slight when I first say it, but in no way do I mean it. I said, Kay and Lee is not Keely Ringo. Don't come into that expecting this. Okay. This is a 5'11, 170 pound kid, right? I mean, this is not 6'3, 4'3'3 speed. Okay. He's, he's quick. Don't get me wrong, but he, I mean, he ran what, like a 4'3 at, at, you know, this, yeah. this summer at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a he's he's a he's a speed merchant. Don't get me wrong, but he's not this big, long. You know, the the new generation, I guess, of what people are looking for. You know that that big trend we've seen with wide receivers. They're all six five now, and all this. To me, Kainley, a very um, typical size for a, a defensive back. What he is very technically sound. A kid who is in hanging in the hip pocket. Uh, he's got great ups, so he can get in there and affect that 50-50 ball. Very capable of coming down with a pick, does that consistently as well. Good change of direction and a really solid tackler. And that's something I love to see on cornerback film uh, when, when I get the chance. Uh, the, I'll give him a lot of credit for this too. A lot of corners that I've covered over the years, uh, they put on their film, oh, here's me returning kicks. Oh, here's me catching touchdowns. All right, look, you're a cornerback. I don't that that stuff's nice, and it shows that you're a great athlete. Don't get me wrong, but I want to see cornerback play. He that's what his film is. It's him playing defensive back. He's comfortable being on an island. He's at one of the best programs in the state of Georgia at Cedar Grove. Um, they've already got the 2022 commit in Carlton Madden. They're going after another 2022 commit in Kristen Miller. So you got to think that all that helps. To me, I, I love the pickup. Look, I think that you are starting this class off with a duo of really, really talented cornerbacks. And given the, given the uh, emphasis on the passing game that we're seeing now, you know, you can't, you just can't have enough defensive backs. So even though Georgia looks like they're going to take a huge class at defensive back, probably five at least in this class, I would say in 2022, no signs of slowing down where 2023 is concerned. And look, everybody's getting a chance to get on the field. Why not? Those guys aren't intimidated about their opportunities. I think it's big. I think that this was a great pickup. Kudos to Jamal Dye for this one. And uh, 
the dogs on a hot streak when it comes to that 2023 class. Yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned it there with the, uh, with, with the pursuit of Cedar Grove that there's, there's been some movement on Twitter to uh, discuss the sweep of Cedar Grove and, 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 you know, picking up Chris Miller there. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, as, as we t- talked about with that 2023 class when after Bo Hewley committed uh, this past weekend, uh, talented group already, and, and there's going to be some talented guys in town uh, to, to potentially try and add to that group. Uh, let's look at the 2022 class of guys that are going to be in town. Also an incredibly talented group. Uh, you know, several Georgia commits have already said that they're going to be there. Uh, Jalen Walker just put on Twitter, he'll be in Athens on Saturday. Uh, you know, we, we've we've spoken with several others that, that you know are, are expected to be there. Uh, you know, and, and in terms of guys that aren't necessarily committed to Georgia, uh, there's there's some other guys that are going to be in town. Um, I, I guess let's start with with the official visits and someone that is committed, uh, Julian Humphrey, Florida commit. Yeah, yeah, very interesting here. I mean, this is a guy that I feel like Georgia does have a chance with. Uh, Julian Humphrey uh, has shown a lot of affection for Georgia, uh, seems really interested in what they're doing. Um, You know, I haven't heard necessarily that he's wavering on Florida, but it seems more about what Georgia's doing uh, rather than what Florida's not doing. Uh, You know, and I I think that that kind of seems to be what's catching a lot of people's eye. We're going to talk about another one of those guys here in just a second, but um, you know, Julian, uh, an interesting case. I think what's going to be interesting for Georgia in this class is to figure out who you take at these spots. Who, who do you spend these these defensive back spots on? Because, I mean, you're, you got quite a few guys already on board. You got quite a few guys interested. I mean, how do you kind of work the numbers and how do you kind of get it, get it where it is? I think for that reason, uh, I don't know that Humphrey ends up being a part of this class. I, I think that he probably ends up – Second with Florida, um, I think Georgia's got just a little too much in the pipe uh, when it comes to, to defensive backs. But, hey, I'm not writing him off. Like I said, I've spoken with people who say Georgia's chances here are very legitimate. Something to watch out for. Another uh, Georgia corner on an official visit uh, to Georgia this weekend, former UGA commit Dion Bowie committed to Texas A&M currently. Uh, he, he'll be there. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him and, and what are your thoughts on, on the dog's chances to land him in the end? Smoke, smoke. They call the boy. Listen, I'll tell you this. I do not have a good feel on this one. I don't know. I don't think anyone does. I mean, I, it, I, I used the phrase the other day on the board. I said, this one change, this one can change with a stiff breeze. I mean, it seems like his big attraction to Texas A&M is Nick Williams, former UGA staffer, now a staffer there, you know, that's a big draw for him. But at the same time, look, staffers move on all the time. I mean, this is not a guy who's an on-field coach or a coordinator or something like that. And even if he were, he's still susceptible to move. These player personnel guys or these, you know, behind the scenes guys, they're moving constantly in these ranks. And so, you know, they Texas A&M better hold on to him if they want to keep smoke aboard. That being said, you know, the people I've spoken to say this is a week to week, almost day to day thing with this kid. Uh, you just have to keep watching it because it changes frequently. And yeah, former Georgia commit. Um, I think people were a little surprised that he went with A&M um, maybe that, the, uh, but th- then there was the Nick Williams connection and then it all kind of, I think brought it full circle. But in the end, I, it's an interesting one for me. I, 
I'd be lying to tell you I knew what Smoke Bowie's going to do. And I, I think Smoke Bowie would be lying to tell you if he, that he knows what he's going to do. Um, I think this one will go all the way down to signing day. So, uh, you know, Georgia in it and will be in it throughout. But um, hard to predict them as, as the, the leader or uh, the winning out at this point. Yeah, and, and you know that's one that Kirby Smart wants to grab, a defensive back from his hometown of Bainbridge, Georgia. That's one that he's certainly going after. Uh, third official visitor this weekend and last official visitor that we'll talk about before we get into a couple guys that are coming in town for unofficial visits. Another defensive back, this time Kamari Wilson, a safety out of IMG. Yeah, Kamari Wilson. I, I almost called him Lassiter. Uh, we're getting a few two Kamaris in here. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, big visit to watch for Georgia here. Um, have been the perceived leader for some time. Uh, Florida in the mix for this guy. He, he is from the state of Florida. He's not one of these kids that IMG pulled from, you know, Idaho or something. He's, he's actually an, a Sunshine State kid. And so, um, you know, it's not like it's a giant uh, step for him in terms of distance, et cetera. Florida obviously wants a part of him. But like I said, Georgia, the perceived leader for some time, I think that they can kind of shut the door, widen the gap, whatever you want to say this weekend. I'm not saying that he commits on the spot or, or does something like that. I think that he's a kid who will be a little bit more um, – thoughtful in his process necessarily uh you know want to use the moment to build the brand etc but i do think georgia with a strong chance here to impress once again and uh, make an impact on kamari wilson like i said perhaps widen that gap right now dogs in my pick yeah and, and then moving on to those unofficial visits we got two guys that are committed to other schools that will be in town uh let's start with aluba uh, florida state commit also out of IMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big weekend for IMG when it comes to Georgia this weekend. Um, yeah, this is a name that I don't know that people have been paying attention to as much. But, you know, after losing Elijah Pritchett yesterday um, uh, to Alabama, and, and you know, listen, I, I that's not any knock, I don't think, on Georgia's class this year because – uh, Elijah Pritchett, frankly, just didn't ever seem interested in Georgia. It, 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 they were always second, third on the list. It was never a situation where you felt like the dogs were really surging for him. But suddenly the struggles of Florida State bring a guy like this into, uh, into the eye. And, you know, uh, had a great piece with, uh, with uh, Chad Simmons, get over to Dogs HQ and check that out. Um, but says basically, you know, Georgia stayed in contact with me. I'm comfortable with that team. Um, I think that you're really going to see Georgia pour in heavily to Aluba over the the course of the next couple of weeks and, and months, um, because I do think that they feel that Florida State is is in a really tough position and and is probably going to suffer a little bit down the road when the recruiting class. This is a kid that makes a lot of sense for him. I've seen him in person. Big physical cat. Um, a guy who, I mean, he looks – when you draw up offensive linemen, this is what they look like. He can be a really good player. I think that uh, makes all the sense in the world. So, yeah, keep pushing for him, I say. And uh, great to get him in town this week, especially, like I said, on the heels of losing another target at his position. And then flipping over to the other side of the ball, another committed player, 
number five player in the newly updated on 300 for the top for the class of 2022. Uh, Michael Williams committed to USC. He'll be in town. Another defensive lineman will be joining him. That's Shamar Stewart out of out of the Miami area. Uh, as well as, and then, a, and then a top 10 guy that'll be in town uh, in that on 300. Stewart coming in at, at number 11 in the on 300. Another top 10 guy going to be in town. This one committed to Georgia, Malachi Starks. Uh, you know, how, how much do you think Malachi is going to be pushing those two, uh, you know, very highly touted guys to, uh, to, you know, try and get them to come aboard on that Georgia defense. No, I mean, I think that he's going to be crucial. I mean, I think that's why you see guys like Jalen Walker coming to town. I mean, they re- they recognize that this is going to be a huge weekend for Georgia recruiting. Don't be surprised if this is one of those weekends where they try to sneak a couple of guys in, where there's some names that you're not hearing under the radar, and then suddenly, oh, it pops up on Saturday that uh, this guy's here. I mean, I think that that's the case because it seems like they're trying to build the visitor list that strongly, which is interesting because this is a noon kickoff. So you you do have the you know advantage of a little bit of extra time after the game and whatever to uh, to um, somebody uh, somebody making a burrito here in the background of uh, the dogs HQ today. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, this is I think that it, you, like I said, you will see a lot of those guys pushing uh, very heavily and being impactful. So um, look for those guys there. Shamar Stewart, I thought Georgia was out of this one for a long time. Um, they've really picked up steam based on their production this year. He's taken note of that. Uh, this was a kid that at one time I felt would end up at Georgia and then it totally like kind of flipped. Now it seems like it's trending back toward that way. That would be huge. Mark Stewart, uh, good looking prospect. Michael Williams. Yeah. He's committed to USC. Uh, I mean, it's going to be tough times. I mean, he, he keeps saying like, Oh, well, the staff's still in place. Well, yeah, the staff is still in place until they're not. Yeah, because whenever the new hires made that guy is going to uh, bring in his own people as well. Uh, I, Georgia, I think uh, a really strong chance there as well. So um, I, I feel really good about that. Shamar, a little bit more all over the place. Hard for me to predict that one right now. Like I said, just kind of um, it, it's been really up and down. So it'd be it'll be interesting to see if Georgia can continue the dominance this week and uh, really continue to impress Stewart, really build their profile with him. Yeah, like you said, noon kickoff Saturday at Sanford Stadium. Certainly going to be an interesting one on the field as well as off the field uh, for that recruiting purposes. College game day going to be in town. Excited to uh, to have that that crew rolling in, and and we're uh, we're we're excited to bring you coverage Saturday. I'll be in the stadium. Jake, what are you up to this? We're not telling what Jake's up to this weekend. Don't worry about what Jake's up to this weekend. Just make sure you tune into that next podcast, okay? We'll have some fun, fun stuff for you, I promise. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, Jake, any last words? Hey, I think that's it for me. So for Palmer Toms and myself, Jake Roos, get over to Dogs HQ, check us out. Thank you for tuning in today. This has been Dog Walk Talk. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.